on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. You got to be learning every single day if you want to even stay where you're at as an entrepreneur or if you want to grow. It's a must. If you don't learn, if I would have just graduated from college and never picked up a book, I would be definitely nowhere near as successful as I am now. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Omar Fagundo here on the King stage. My brother, how you doing? Very good, Chaz. Very good. Happy to be here. Very excited about providing some real value to your audience. Yeah, dude, I'm excited about that. And and I love when guys start with that perspective, man. You know, that's because that's what it's about. We, you and me together today just get to give out of the kindness, really. But it's really out of like battle scars. Like, like dude, I've been through some stuff. Let me tell <laughs> you, don't sure. do it this way. <laughs> right? It's pain. It's, it's heart, you know? That's right. I just appreciate that perspective. Tell us what kind of business that you got, brother. So I help run our family business, third generation. Love we it. do aluminum railings and architectural metals, meaning we manufacture the stuff from scratch and we do wow. contract work to have it installed in projects. Okay. So our clients are general contractors, big general contractors, and they are doing large multifamily buildings. So think yeah. about like a mid-rise building, a high-rise building, even an com- entire community where they need our railings to protect people from falling over an edge. Uh, but that's not all we do. You know, we do focus in on that aluminum railing. Railco Inc. is the name of, of our company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very obvious. But alongside railings, we do handrails, gates, fences. We also do so, sort of a kind of neat architectural stuff. Some of it borders on the on art. But okay. we'll do canopies, pergolas, pretty much anything that these projects need to not only beautify their building, but to make them safe and yeah. habitable for anybody who's living in them. Yeah, I love I love the dynamic there that you just described of beauty and and safety, or or design and function, right? Like these these worlds collide all the time, especially Absolutely. in construction. We just went through building a home last year, and the, and that was a lot of our like, is this functional or is this design? Is this preference or is this have to, you know? And so those worlds meet a lot. That sounds really cool that you guys get to do that at a pretty high level commercial. We've probably walked along one of your hand railings before, as it sounds like. (laughs) It sounds like there's a good chance that you've seen some of my work around town. That's Uh, awesome. So we operate here out of Miami, Florida. I have been doing so since the early 80s when my father started up this company with his late grand, his late father, after a few years, my dad was in business with his dad and his dad passed away. And so my dad in his early wow. 20s, mid 20s, had to take on this burden of, of uh, making this business grow. Yeah. And that's how I grew up. You know, I, I grew up in that environment of watching my dad go through the, the pain and the struggle, but you know, seeing him slowly success, succeed in yeah. his, his business. And that was an inspiration to me growing up. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I, I have a different story of, of not knowing my dad, but for you to have that in your perspective as you grew up, do you think that you would be in this type of business or even in business at all if if that wasn't the upbringing that you had? Chaz, not gonna lie, there's a great chance that I would not. I mean, yeah. it was so influential. I'm very blessed, and and I still work with my father to this day. Love but it. there's definitely that day in day out. I would go to work with him on Saturdays just to hang out with my dad, and I would sweep up around the shop floor and and see exactly what he was doing. But that was such a big influence, and yeah. and I know not everybody had that experience, that positive experience, and you know that's something yeah. I'm hoping to pass along to the next generation, to my son and, and my future yeah. kids. Yeah. I love that perspective as well. I hope to do the exact same thing. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that maybe had or didn't have <clears throat> that opportunity with the father, but, but have the same desire, right. To pass it on or to be able to, you know, teach or coach or, or influence the next inner, the next generation. I think that there's a lot of, especially high performers like you and I, it's just like, man, if I'm doing this, I got to be doing it for something. So that kind of leads me to my next question. Yeah. Is it is it legacy or like what's the big why for you? I mean, you're second generation potentially looking to hand it off to a third, you know, decades to come. Yeah. Is it more than that? Is it different than that? Is that it? What's your big why? You know, my big why has been evolving over time. Oh, yeah. But right now, I think we're in a once in a lifetime moment in construction. You see a lot of the old guard retiring, they're yeah. leaving the field. Yep. And, you know, they are taking a lot of knowledge with them, but they're also taking a lot of the old school mentality, positive and negative with them. And yeah. so I see a big opportunity for construction to be transformed from the ground up. You know, you look at construction productivity over the last 20 years and Chaz, it's flatline. I mean, it's kind of yeah. scary. Any other industry, every other industry has been having increases in productivity. We've just right. pretty much done the same thing over and over and over again because Hey, that's how it's always been done. And, right. uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But right, right now it is broke, especially you're looking at America having a lack of housing. You know, yeah. you, you look at the real estate market over the last couple of years, it's insane. You can't really find affordable housing. So we got to build in America. And I see now being the opportunity for especially younger guys like me and the next generation to come in and infuse some construction technology into the mix. And yeah. that's my big why, because I, I see a big opportunity to transform an entire industry and really have an outsized impact that's where cool. it, that's been pretty tough to do over the last you know, you know 50 years. Yeah. Now is really that moment where I see a huge opportunity, not only for the entire industry, but you know, obviously for myself and my company and the next yeah. generation. Of course. Yeah. It's so cool. I'm going to give this to the listener. This is a little, a little nugget for the listener because they might be like you where you, what you just described is that you're an industry disruptor. Like what you get you like really fueled up inside is literally changing something that's been the same for decades, hundreds of years, even That's right. that seems really big to some people. Right. But then there's other people more like myself who are legacy driven where it's like, my family's never been like this, right? And so again, that sounds really big to change the trajectory of generations, right? That sounds really big, but it's just, they're the same, but different. And we've got these deep motivations and I've met a lot of industry disruptors like you. I've met a lot of legacy people like me and, and really they're the same thing. It's, a, it's, about, it's about using what we've got to make an influence or an impact, right? Like that's what Kings do. That's what, that's what we're doing right now. 
It's just maybe who the influence is being most directed towards. And so I just love that, man. Thanks for sharing. I really appreciate that. I think that should encourage the listeners. It doesn't always have to be about the 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 family, although the family is a big deal. I'm not saying that you already mentioned your son. <clears throat> for you though, industry disruption, like that's that's a very unique, like you gotta you gotta be an agitator. <laughs> you gotta well, you know, you said have a little chip on your shoulder. You said using what you got. That's right. And, you know, I did not come from a background in technology. I did not. I wish I would have studied computer science in right. college. I studied business. You know, that was how I grew up. And, and I knew I wanted to always be in business. That is my hobby. It's, it's a weird right. hobby, but I am always looking into business and reading business books. And that's just we all know. know my mind that's is right. focused in all the time. But ultimately, it's about solving problems, solving the right. problems that you have. Yeah. So everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm looking at is trying to solve a problem in my business. Yeah. You know, my dad was old school, right? So he comes from that old guard. When I joined his, the company up 2014, he was doing payroll by hand. Right. I mean, every other Friday, he was taking that Friday to sit the there, calculate stuff, you know, literally on a calculator and, and do all this stuff by hand. And I said, you know, first thing I did was, hey, let's get this in QuickBooks. So it's all about solving those problems using the technology you have presently. And as yeah. technology is evolving and it's evolving so quickly, it's head spinning. Right. You have it more is. and more opportunities. So anybody that's out there, just stay tuned for what's going on out there. Don't disconnect. You really have to look around because you know those that do well in business ultimately have a, a really good grasp on reality. Yeah. And since that reality is constantly changing, you really have to be in tune with what's going on out there. That's, That's right. a lot of new technologies. Artificial intelligence is a huge one. There's right. that chat GPT. They've been That's able right. to know what that is. They need to go Google this because it is definitely disrupting entire industries, like you said. Oh, yeah. So it's 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 not a matter of just being like, you know, no one's necessarily a genius. It's just apply what's out there to problems that you already have. Yeah. I love that. It it I say this all the time, this phrase, simple, but yet so profound. And that's exactly what you just gave to us is like, okay, we know that. We know that things are going to change. We know that technology specifically are going to change it, but it's a matter of, do we embrace it? Embrace it? Do we get nervous about it? Do we get, do we, do we get standoffish about it? I remember listening to a podcast or a video or something from Gary V talking about his, his kids. And obviously we've got young kids, you and I both, and there's this idea of screen time or, or helping them understand like technology versus like what it's doing to their brain, because we know the negative effects of their, that it has on their brain. But sure. what his point was, is that, look, if my kids don't understand how to operate an iPhone or an iPad or a computer now, what am I robbing them of in 20 years when they're when they're when they're my age or or in 30 years when they're my age? And it's like I need to be able to put parameters obviously in place. I'm their parent. However, I need to be able to to help them understand how to use the technology, not not be afraid of it. And so again, similar to what you just said, even if it's technology for construction or if it's for my children, I think we, ha- we need to be able to utilize what's in front of us so that we can solve problems and even problems that are going to come in the next 20, 30, 50, 100 years, right? Look, you got to use technology and not allow technology to use you, right? So yeah, there's a spectrum on there and you got to find that happy medium for yourself. And look, if it wasn't for my mom busting out this old Mac computer from the early 80s right uh, me tinkering around with it when i was about four or five years old i don't know if i would have the same love of technology that i do today because right. i was i was definitely exposed to that at a very young age but 
definitely there are parameters set and that's on every parent to do. And I think Gary Vee is a great example of, of you know, finding that sweet spot and that balance yeah. for the next generation. Yeah. Love that. My next question for you, Omar, is who inspires you? I'm inspired by a lot of the stuff that I read, you know, you know, I, I didn't mention my father. That's, that's been a, a big inspiration in my life, but I am an avid reader. And by reader, I mean, audiobooks. Okay, so one good. of the best things I could have done is get an audible subscription years ago. But even before then I was into audiobooks and, and that's really inspiring to me. So who are the guys that inspire me and who, who are the people that inspire me? Yeah. I look at guys more, you know, more recently guys like Alex Hormozy, yeah. who is really crushing it. Guys like Grant Cardone, you know, mm. guys who are in the trenches, people who some of them have come from nothing and yeah. really made a name for themselves yeah. uh, by, by really just, you know, working their tail off and, and then exposing and, and teaching others, teach right. people like me what they've done to help the next cohort of people come yeah. up. And, and if, you know, then if, if he's successful and I'm successful and I can teach somebody else, we could all be successful and our country could be successful. And I think that's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. If you figure out a way to disrupt an entire construction industry, <clears throat> you, my friend, will be an inspiration to millions. I'm sure you already are to many, but the reality of it is, is that those guys are disruptors and just like you. So I look forward to being able to interview someone one day and they say your name. That's kind of cool. cool. <laughs> I want you to take us back. You, you gave us a little bit of the story, you know, how your dad got rolling and how you kind of joined up. Give us just a little bit of more of that story. Just, just maybe the day to day, like how, did, why did you join up with your dad? It was, it always assumed, like, just give us a little bit of the, the beginning. Sure. So like a lot of people who are brought up in a family business there, there was, it's always implied like, Hey, you're going to work here one day. And yeah. as a teenager, you know, I knew I wanted to study business, but not necessarily to join up the family business. Yeah. So in college, I was actually a realtor. So okay. at the age of 20, I worked for Prudential Real Estate and I wow. bought and sold homes, helped people buy and sell homes. While in college. Uh, after college is really where my entrepreneurship journey began. When I came down here back to South Florida, back then it was 2004, 2005, Florida had been hit by a series of hurricanes. So hurricane shutters were huge. Yeah. You couldn't, you know, you really couldn't find them because they were just selling like hotcakes. Right. So I decided to get into that game with my father okay. as a separate venture from what he had. So yeah. I, I set up shop right next door to him uh, and I used some of his contacts and I basically launched this hurricane shutters business. And that's where I learned a lot of the lessons that entrepreneurs <laughs> have to learn. Yeah. A lot of good lessons and a lot of them I learned the hard way. Uh, that is the the genesis of my story of my entrepreneurial story and how I got into the building materials industry. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, pretty much by the time I got set up in 2007, I don't have to tell you, Chaz, the economy was quickly sinking. Yeah. It seemed like from one day to the next, all those hurricane shutter orders, all those, all that demand that had been pent up over the last couple of years before then just, just went away overnight. Gone. And I was left with a kind of a quiet warehouse, all set up, ready to go, and no customers. Yeah. And I had some really tough years. 
2008 was tough, as we all know. 2009 was tough. 2010, but I stuck with it. I just, it's really difficult to make me quit. So <laughs> I said, well, if I keep going, I, at least I, you know, I, I can't lose. So yeah. I went through it. 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. Really, 13 was the year that I figured out how to piece this thing back together. And I just kind of went full throttle and got burnt out. By the mm. end of that year, I was just, I was really burnt out. I, I just went too hard, too fast. Got so it. 2014, I took a step back and I decided to shut the whole thing down and wow. join up with my father. And ever since then, we've been on the same venture, rowing yeah. in the same direction. So that, that's, that's pretty much a story of how I ended up joining up with my father and ended up doing the railings and the rail co. What do you think he was thinking that whole time? Like, he's just kind of letting you flounder? Just let you do your thing, let you figure it out, let you finally finally realize that maybe it wasn't easy for him either. Yeah, exactly. He was, That's what I'm thinking. He was you know, he was on some some of these projects. The only difference is that he was doing commercial. He was always focusing on that commercial client, where I was more on that residential client. So I felt the brunt of it much worse than he did. Yeah. So by 2013 or so, I saw that he had too much work. And although I had a lot of work as well, it wasn't as profitable as what he was doing. And he needed help getting a lot of his orders fulfilled. So that's when we decided, look, hey, instead of you rowing towards the left and me rowing towards the right, we're on the same boat. We're literally right next to each other. Let's just both row in the same direction. So I hopped on to his venture, Railco, and just try to automate everything, try to make the entire process easier so we could get more and more business done. And ever since then, you know, our, our, the size of our contracts have increased dramatically and the amount of work that we could do has increased dramatically. Yeah. Incredible. So, you know, it, it was a tough moment. I would have to say, you know, he wasn't, I know he had like I did a lot of negative feelings about me shutting down that hurricane shutters company. Sure. But ultimately, yeah. I know for a fact it was the right choice because yeah. the entire market has shifted and it was just ultimately I could look back and say it was tough, but yeah. we, we made the right choice. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I just you just dropped so many nuggets there. Not only just the the dynamic of you going through the like you said, the <clears throat> just the battle of of uh, business and learning those things even on your own, I think was super important probably for your relationship with him. Um, almost like a proving ground a little bit. And probably I'm sure he respected you already just because you're his son, but I'm sure that gave you a little bit of a, an, an, an elevated stance when you came into the company for him to be able to, to trust like, Hey, here, 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 here. And then you, you could run fast. And then obviously the dynamic of you guys running together, is just so empowering to know that two minds coming together actually can do quite a bit more. It's, it's, it's why people do partnerships and a lot of people say, stay away, but it's like, man, here you are not only in a partnership, but a partnership with family. And so, um, a lot of dynamics, I'm sure, but there's power there is the point. And so I think that there's a lot of lone wolves, I guess, uh, on, on the other side, there's a lot of people out there doing it themselves. And the encouragement there that I've even learned over the last probably two or three years myself is that you can actually get a whole lot more done with strategic partnerships. In this case, it was your pop. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have, we're very lucky at, we do have a great working relationship where we've always been able to work well with each other. That doesn't happen in every family business. Uh, But it it speaks to just having, you know, whether it's family or not, having a good partner, having somebody there 
who yeah. complements your skills. My father's yeah. geospatial skills are crazy. He's able wow. to map stuff out and measure stuff out in ways that I'm still just trying to pick up. But right. I look at things in a more business aspect and I look at things in, in with automation and processes that he just doesn't <clears> see <throat> it that way. And, yeah. But we're able to make it work and the entire company as a whole does better because of it. Yeah. Super cool, man. I want to switch over to asking you about yourself here, a little bit about your journey. I want to know of a habit or a personality trait that you have that looking back actually kept you from success longer than maybe if you didn't have it. You know, I'm looking back at my schooling and I was always a great student. Okay. So, you know, it's because what are they in school? You have a teacher, they teach you something, you go home, you read the book, you do the homework. Right. Come back and you take the test and it's very rigid in its, its structure. Yeah. So thinking back of when I started that hurricane shutters company and had just graduated from college with a you know, business administration sure. degree, you know, yeah. I would, you know, read the books, study, take the test, get the good grades, graduate. And that was one of my biggest mistakes. And, and, and I think that hindered me because in business, you need creativity. Yeah. You need to, shake things up. And what I did was I set up the company exactly how everybody else set up their hurricane shutters company. And I inadvertently became another me too. And by that, I mean a a commodity option. Right. So it became a race to the bottom ultimately because I was no different than everybody else because I was checking off the boxes and getting the A's and yeah, sure. I did everything right. Like the teacher said, like everybody else is doing (laughs) But it did not help me out at all. So I think once I learned that lesson, obviously the hard way, I realized, yeah. hey, you know, it, you got to do something different. You got to disrupt. You can't be that. You could be the A student, but you got to also be the class clown. You got to disrupt and you got to shake things up a little bit yeah. in order to have ultimate success, in order to stand out from the rest of the crowd. Right. And that's something that so many business owners, especially small business owners, struggle they just set themselves up like everybody else. And then it's tough because you're competing ultimately on price. Right. You don't have to, if you're able just to really think outside the box. And I know that's a cliche, but just be creative, you know, infuse yeah. your own creativity, infuse everything you've learned yeah. into your business, into your venture. And definitely don't be afraid to stand out. Don't be afraid to ruffle some, some feathers. because It's going to help yeah. you out ultimately. Yeah, I think it's a differentiator, right? And and I think a lot of guys don't realize that even though you're saying creative thinking, I think that that's, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Like literally I live for conversations like this about creative thinking and problem solving. <clears throat> but most guys don't even realize that honestly, some of the things that differentiate, differentiate yourself are wearing a, a, a logo shirt, carrying yourself with a professionalism, having a sales process, like, yeah. you know, like, just treating your business like a business, you know? And so I, I don't want the listener to overthink it too much because it doesn't have to be too colorful, really. It's just because like you're saying, most guys don't, whether they're in the trades and construction like you or something completely different, most people just don't. And so on time, right? Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Let's flip the script. What about a good habit? What looking back, what, what do you have that led you right where you are? A habit or a, a trait? Sure. So ever since 2019, and, and I'll actually, I'll pick it up so the, the viewers can see it. I started writing everything down. So uh, I have one of these per quarter 
And in it, I write down all my major goals for the year and I plan out my week ahead of time and I plan out my day every morning. So that habit has been powerful in getting me to the next level as an executive. So where I would, you know, try to keep everything in my head before that didn't work because so much when you're running a company, there's so many little things you got to do all the details that that you have to constantly keep on top of in order just to keep your clients happy. If you have that on your head, you're going to forget something. So I said, you know what? I got to come up with a plan. And that's why I have this full focus planner. People can pick up online. I'm not affiliated with them at all, but it's been huge in keeping me focused, keeping me organized and keeping me successful ultimately, because nothing really slips by the wayside when I'm writing it down. 100%. 100%. Love that. Let's talk about decisions. What about a good decision that you made, particularly early on, maybe right when you joined over with your pop or maybe even in your previous venture? What was a, a decision that you can look back on? And this one thing has led to a bunch of your success that you have today. Well, you know, I had touched on it before. I think that that really difficult decision to shut down my baby, my company, yeah. ultimately helped me out tremendously. But, you know, to, to give you the, the, the listener something, the decision to constantly improve, okay. to constantly automate, to write down processes, to come up with a way to make your business easier for you. So you're not working in the business, you're working on the business. Right. So I am constantly looking around at ways that I can improve processes, just make it things easier for everybody. And that was a, a very conscious decision that I decided to do that was perhaps different than when I was doing before I joined up with Ray Cohen and with my father. Yeah. Uh, that decision, I think, is something that any viewer or any listener or viewer should take seriously in constantly improving their processes and automating. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> Couldn't agree more. I'm all about personal development. Obviously, this whole point of the podcast is to help others develop and, and grow. But just to, just to add another layer to that for the, for the listener here, you know, I was watching a video again, probably a podcast or something. This is what we do as entrepreneurs. We, we fill ourselves with, with good education, but they were talking about, you know, raising their children and helping them kind of lean towards personal development and, and all these things. And, and this, this guy was talking, had an 18 year old son or a 20 year old son, something like that. And he was, he was talking about how he had set this, this reading plan up and, he was going to read, you know, 12 or 15, something, something in the teens books that year on business, personal development. And he was really excited about his son doing that. And I just was like, yes, absolutely. And then I thought about my own story. Like I didn't have a dad telling me those things, but I got connected to a multi-level marketing business when I was 18. And although I don't, I'm not involved with that industry anymore. I read like a hundred books in three years, probably 120, like, like, so many books. It was, in, it, was in, it was insane. And so I look back on that, looking, especially watching this video, and then even what you just said, how important it is. It's like, man, that was my college education because I didn't go to yeah. college, but I read so much knowledge on business and communication and personal development and, and personalities and habits and like all this stuff. And you're like, whoa, that's the, it matters. It matters. And that's what I'm just picking up from what you just said. Yeah, is that look, you, you probably serious. got something better than a college education. Oh, yeah. By doing that, because you were surrounded by people that were all trying to come up and they were all trying to be successful. Some were more successful than others, but they were all in the journey. 
And right. they were more, most importantly, they had a growth mindset, obviously, right. To, to be yeah. reading all those books, you have to have that openness right. to knowing that you're not where you're, you're at where you are at because of where you've been, but you don't have to necessarily stay there. You, you, you yeah. can be so much more, so much extra potential, but you have to have that knowledge in order to actually make it happen. Yep. Time to get it. Okay. Bad decision. What'd you do? It just didn't work out at all. Tell us what, 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 what should we stay away from? Definitely bad decision is trying to be like everybody else. You know, I grew up, I was, I was a little bit of a shy kid. You know, I, I had a group of friends and everything, but I was a little bit of a shy. I was kind of like the, the quiet guy sometimes. And, and okay. I am more of a, on the introvert side, yeah. but maybe I was afraid of standing out. And that does not really work in business. You yeah. really have to figure out a way and it, you don't have to wear a, a purple suit and, you know, and a large hat. <laughs> In order to stand out, you could do yeah. it you know, through your business and your processes. But I think the big mistake, big decision was trying to be like everybody else and, and really yeah. trying to play it safe. Yeah. Business, you can't play it that safe. It's all about risks. And you have to be willing to, to not only to take a risk, but to put yourself out there in ways that are going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, a lot of growth is on the other side of discomfort. And you just have to be real comfortable with discomfort. That's right. So good. I mean, we could probably have a whole podcast just on that and, and your experiences, but you're hundred percent right. Being discomforted is a regular occasion as a, as an entrepreneur, but it's funny because <laughs> my wife has reminded me of this many times. She goes, you know, <clears throat> you know, you did this to yourself, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, you know, that we're feeling of discomfort. And it's like, you know, you're right. hundred percent. I agree with you. I do not deny it. But man, would I have it any other way? Would I, because look, we go, we go searching for areas to solve problems. That's what you said at the beginning. We, we intentionally are looking for areas to solve or make better. Well, what that, what that brings is problems. Yep. Like I'm literally and intentionally looking for problems. Wow. New problems. Yeah, yeah exactly. Problems. Hopefully bigger problems. You don't problems. know how to solve yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love that. Okay. I want to know, we're going to switch over to our speed round here. I want to know in the KPI world, in your business, if you can only pick one to track, what what would you track if you can only pick one? What's the most important? That's a very good question. I would say for me, in my particular business, since we are constantly bidding on jobs, I am getting new plans in on a constant basis, and I'm having to do the takeoffs and put out estimates for it. So there's one thing I would have to track, and one thing that I am aware of is the amount, dollar amount of bids of potential business that's out there. Cause I know if I could keep that high, ultimately I'm going to get a certain percentage of those projects. Right. But if that number starts coming down quarter over quarter, I need to be looking out for, for something because something is wrong. And luckily over the last five years, that number keeps going up. And a lot of it has to do not only with the economy doing well. And, and I know we're, we may be going to recession. We're kind of lucky down here in South Florida, our real estate market continues to boom and these projects continue to come online, but it also has a lot to do with just delivering on business. You know, if you do a right. good job, if you keep your client happy, if you know, you're, you're, if you make their project successful, yep. they're going to call you back and they're going to want you to be on that next project because not everybody can deliver like, right. like I can deliver or how we can deliver. And not everybody can deliver a job in a successful manner in a professional way. And that takes just being in the game. That takes tenacity. 
that takes perseverance, that takes not quitting. So a lot of that has to do with that. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> the the uh, the pipeline perspective obviously is what like literally breathes life into the business. I've got a I've got a guy actually. He's a he's a he's a really big GC. He's in my group. I need to introduce you. I just put this together in my brain, but I had him on the show months ago. And he said this, he said, every single year, he tries to go out and get a single project that equates the same revenue as last year's whole revenue. And like you, like, if you just think about that for a second, there's no way you're not growing, bro. There's just no way. If you're, if if that is a focus of yours to get a singular project that equates to as much as you did last year, all year, it, it forces you to hit another circle of people to get into a different room of projects being done or connections to be had. Right. And so when you start thinking about the next level, I love what you just said. It's keeping the pipeline full. I just wanted to add that in there because I remember him saying that he said it several times in some of our roundtables as well, as well, excuse me. And it blows my mind every time I hear it. I'm like, powerful. Super powerful. All right. What book would you recommend, Omar, for a person listening right now who's like, I got to grow my business in 2023? What is it? Sure. So one of the books that has completely blown my mind over the last six months or so is $100 million Offers by Alex Hormozzi. This guy has an incredible way of breaking down business in general, something that you'd take years of of a college education or years in the trenches, he's able to break it down in a very easy to digest format. And as I was listening to that book, I listened to it a few times. I even bought the the Kindle version so I could listen to it while I'm reading it, which is something he recommended. Yep. This book is absolutely blowing my mind. I think anybody, whether they are just starting a venture or have been in business for 15, 20 years, there you go. And definitely <laughs> pick something up from that book because again, a lot of it has to do with differentiating yourself. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with just thinking about things in a different way. And a lot of growth also comes from just switching up and mixing your, your perspective and, right. and getting away from the stuff that you've always listened to and seeing it from a different way. And, and that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way his brain works and the way he communicates. I think it's pretty spot on. What would you say about intentionally networking and or masterminding with other entrepreneurs specifically? Well, networking is huge. In 2011, 2012, I joined Business Networking International, BNI. That was a pretty cool experience. It was the first time I ever did networking. I learned a lot in that group over the three or four years I was in it. It was transformational for me because ever since then, I've taken a lot of those skills and parlayed it into the, you know, these other ventures. Totally. Uh, that was a cool thing because it's very category exclusive. I wasn't competing with other people in my right. group. And I, right. and I learned a lot. I learned how to niche down in a time where I was trying to do everything and be everything to everybody. I learned how to right. focus in on one particular niche and I did pretty well off of it. Networking sure. is huge. Not only in person, but also online. I am on LinkedIn every single day, posting, meeting people, getting to know people who, who are just like me, yeah. who, people who are in front of me and ahead of me and, and meeting people that are trying to come up. Right. And, and that's huge. You don't necessarily, if you live in a small town, you don't have to feel like you're, you're left out of networking. There's this huge thing called LinkedIn. And I guarantee <laughs> you, if you put the work in, 
it's going to open up doors that you could have never imagined. It's happened yeah. for me. So yeah, hundred percent. Love that. I love the, <clears throat> what you said, the openness. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck just in ways. Like you already mentioned it earlier, just the old guard getting stuck in certain things. We do this, right? We, we create habits, we create, you know, process and some things are good. And then we just stay there because it works. Yeah. But then things change. The environments change, networking styles change, people change, the rooms change, whatever it is. And so I just, that was the one thing that you just said that stuck out to me, which is you have to have an openness or really what it is, is a humility to understand that you don't have all the answers yet, even though we've been super successful, man. And we're given advice today, maybe, but like, when's the next time I can get into a room and learn something? And I think you have to have that perspective of, of being a learner, not necessarily always someone who's, I got to figure it out. Right. That's, would you agree with that? 100%. You got to be learning every single day if you want to even stay where you're at as an entrepreneur or if you want to grow. It's right. a must. If you don't learn, if I would have just graduated from college and never picked up a book, I would be definitely nowhere near as successful as I am now. I would not have been able to provide value to anybody because I would have kept up with the knowledge of, you know, the nineties and, and early two thousands, <laughs> as opposed to everything that's going on today. And, and everything yeah. is changing so quickly yep. now that you have to have your fingers on the poles or you will be left behind. That's right. Yeah. I, I, that, that breeds just urgency in me. It's just like, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't want to be left behind. We got to freaking figure it out. We got to go solve problems. If that doesn't fire you up, I don't know if you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> exactly. yeah. All right. <clears throat> Question about family before we kind of wrap things up here in a minute. I want to know how you've implemented. You said you mentioned, you know, your, your son, he's young and you've been married for a little bit, but you have this booming business and this is an entrepreneurial conundrum for, for all business owners out there everywhere is how, how do we obsess over our business and our family? So give us some things that you've done over the years that maybe has led you to some success in that. Sure. So, you know, obviously I work with my family, the older generation, but I think communication with your partner, your spouse is essential. I'm so blessed to have someone who I could speak to her and let her know, Hey, look, this is what's going on. It's Saturday and I have to go into work tomorrow in order to make these things happen, but let's make it up on Sunday. And, and even if you're getting home late, if you could at least spend some sort of quality time with yeah. your kids or your spouse, even a few moments and make those moments count for a lot, put yeah. down the phone, you know, look them in the eye and really focus in on them because our life passes by so quickly. It does. And ultimately, you know, you're, you're not going to be 80, 85 years old, you know, on your deathbed and saying, man, I wish I would have worked more Saturdays. I wish I would have worked yeah. more hours. You're going to be saying, man, I wish I had that time back. Yeah. And so, especially for, for young parents, you don't get that time back, right? I, right. I see my 15 month old growing so quickly and yeah. I'm saying, how did this kid, how did this little baby become, you know, this toddler yeah. walking around? And I know it's just going to continue to happen so fast that yeah. you really got to sink in and let those moments sink in and really enjoy every single moment you can. And yeah. then, you know, work will take care of itself. If it means getting up a little earlier or, or focusing in a little bit harder, you know, you got to do it. You got to make it work. But ultimately, why are we doing everything that we're doing? Why are we in business? It's because of our families, because of our loved yeah. ones. Ultimately, we want to spend more time with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the ultimate act of of doing 
what we say is important, but it's so tough because one serves the other and the other gets either the benefit or or the negative maybe a result. And so I just love, love your approach there. I love how you talked about the moments. I've had this re- revelation recently as well. I was talking to a buddy of mine. He has a young son as well. I think he's two and a half and they went through Christmas really the first time where, you know, his son was old enough to like, just engage with the spirit of Christmas, you know, and have joy and all that fun stuff. And, and so I was encouraging my buddy that, I mean, he was, he was telling me how wonderful it was. And I was, and I had this thought that came into my mind of like, wow, those moments, his son's not going to remember. And then of course, quickly, as I'm saying it to him, I'm remembering these things for, for me and my kids. It's like, wow, I have, I have a couple kids under the age of, let's say six, where they're not going to really remember these moments. And so they're actually, they're for us. They're gifts literally for us. And it's like, wow, I need to, I need to start banking these things and paying more. I need to, I need to start putting these in my memory, like for real, for real, like really put them in there because they're for me. Yeah. Yeah. Take a mental snapshot of that moment. You know, we're always on our phones and trying to capture moments on our phones, but I'm not sure if we're going to have that in 50, 60 years. Right. It ultimately is those memories that, that last a lifetime. hundred percent. All right, Omar, I got my last question here for you, brother. If you could whisper in the younger Omar's ear, what would you say? Say, be different, stand out, and continue to educate yourself. Never stop learning. Wow. Concise message. You've been, you've been saying to your, yourself this already, it sounds like. Do you feel like things would be different today if you had told yourself that? Years 100%. Ago? Yeah, absolutely. Abs- absolutely. And, you know, it, it's some of these lessons you're just learning on a daily basis. You know, you, yeah. 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 Your younger self could have used it. Would your younger self have listened necessarily? I don't know, right? A yep. lot of it has to do with experience. And and I, I learn best sometimes through the hard knocks. That's why I try to educate myself so I could be aware of them. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of, it's, a, it's almost like a practice yeah. of daily self-reminders of be different, stand out, continue to educate yourself. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a permission. I'm hearing you give yourself even now today, it sounds like a, a regular permission just to just to go for it to to step out be different i just love that man i think that you and i personality wise probably are fairly similar being you know just high drivers pretty pretty organized and and you're right for the guy listening like us it's like man it's all right be a disruptor be different everything that have to line up as as everyone else the proverbial they says it should right right yeah do you like seriously do Do you you and, and have the passion behind it, man. And, and that's what makes all the difference. So Omar, you have given us so many gold nuggets. How can the listener find you? Whether they, they are connected to a big GC or maybe they are a big GC and they need to get your railings in their new project, or maybe they're just an entrepreneur. They want to pick your brain. How can they find you? Sure. And I encourage anybody to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I post on daily basis. If you drop a comment, I will reply. If you ask me to follow you, I will follow you. And for me, it's powerful. That's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm looking up, you know, parlay the daily writing habits into daily videos sometime this year, maybe on some other platform, but LinkedIn right now is is where to find me. Omar Fagundo. Very cool, man. Well, we appreciate you being here. You've been nothing shy of incredible. We wish you nothing but blessing you, your family, your business, all of 2023. Thank you for being here. Good sir. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more 
to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.